As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. Wilder versus Fury, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, electric personalities that produce big fights and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley run it back, and it will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with my bookie. MyBookie has the best odds and prop bets for Paul Woodley, too, and you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Paul Woodley, too, at MyBookie. As much as we'd love to see Jake Paul eat canvas, he's looked strong in previous matchups, and with Woodley taking this fight on short notice, all the odds are in Paul's favor. Back to problem child to win this rematch, as he's sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out, and don't don't bet on Paul. That, I, I really do hope that Woodley just turns loose and knocks the piss out of that guy. But don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to my bookie today, place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul versus Woodley too. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. <laughs> What's up, guys? Back for the deep dive review to uh, look into this ball game with the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football and uh, a little more than 24 hours removed from the the, uh, switcheroo that the Bears and Packers pulled on us because in the first half, the the Bears looked uh, like a legitimate uh, football team and then never came back out of the locker room in the second half uh, for the most part because uh, the team that was playing in the first half didn't really show up uh, in the second half. The edge that we had in the first half didn't really show up uh, in the second half. It was unfortunate uh, to see and to watch it go down for the hope that we had going into halftime and for it to be dashed almost immediately. And it was it was like we, we'd lost all of the power to get it back. Because there was a moment in the in the second quarter when Fields threw the pick six, in 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 previous games in the past, that would have been the moment where Green Bay took over and just obliterated us from there on out. Instead, we answered the pick six with two touchdowns of our own to take a ten point lead uh, late in the second quarter. So it's like that's where I kind of felt like, hey, maybe this is going to be different. Um, but unfortunately, we let Green Bay score again. And then they got the ball back after the half and scored again. And then they strip-sacked us and scored again. And then it was looking like the old Bears-Packers uh, rivalry once again, where it's not a rivalry. It's just a uh, sound beating from one to the other uh, and on national TV in Lambeau Field and uh, as, as it is legally mandated to be by the NFL. So anyway, let's go ahead and dive into this football game so we can close the book on it and uh, get ourselves prepared for a game that we probably have a snowball's chance in hell of winning uh, next Monday against the Vikings. This is the Week 14 Deep Dive Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. 
So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud and I don't know. Lots of mixed emotions coming into this ball game with the Green Bay Packers. Most of us level-headed Bear fans not believing for a second that we had a chance to win this game. Uh, not, it wouldn't be so much a miracle because upsets happen in the NFL uh, all the time, but that it would take a lot for the Bears to be able to pull this off. And with the way that we've been seeing guys making business decisions out on the field and, and not taking opportunities when they were there and, and, and things and, and how undisciplined we've looked at times with penalties and, uh, and all that kind of stuff, you just didn't really think that this team had it in them to do it. You know, was because we've got talent on the football team. Granted, we're banged up and we were still missing some key guys. But we had the horses to make it interesting, or at least that we we felt that we could, in a perfect world, be a competitive uh, opponent uh, for the Packers instead of getting pushed around like we always do. And the the other feelings were that, uh, you know, not for nothing, but uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we just went out there and got absolutely shithouse obliterated by the Packers, because then what reason would McCaskey have to let Matt Nagy keep his job on Monday morning? If we go out there and just get ragdolled for four quarters, like the Tressman game, 42 to nothing at halftime uh, and everything like that, where, you know, the, the, the Packers are out there just looking like they're playing on an empty field by themselves it's so easy for them to score, then what justification would, would McCaskey have? What's the point? We know he's going to be fired. Just go ahead and get it over with, you know? And um, so that wouldn't have been the worst thing. I mean, obviously it would have been, it would have sucked to sit here and watch that. And it would have sucked for me to have to sit here and talk about it because, you know, and even if that had happened, I'd basically be sitting here, uh, most likely pissed off that a guy that just got a 50-burger put on him on national TV uh, by his arch rival, who is 1-7 against 0-4 uh, in Lambeau, uh, still has a job today because I'm sure that McCaskey doesn't have the balls to fire him. So, yeah. So, mixed emotions across the board. Do We want the Bears to win, obviously, because we're Bears fans. We obviously want them to beat the Packers because screw the Packers. Screw Aaron Rodgers for the I own you nonsense. I don't give a damn if it's true. You know, it's like he's because I, I don't blame him for not regretting him for not regretting having said it. I wouldn't either if I were him. Like he said, the record speaks for itself. 21 and five. Now it's 22 uh, and five. I think it's 23 if you include the playoff win in the NFC championship game. And, you know, he does own us in that regard. Doesn't mean you go spewing it and yelling it to our fans. <laughs> like an asshole, uh, you know, when you score a touchdown. And it was, you know, it's chat my ass all week long that we didn't, like, no one said anything. There wasn't anyone out there showing any kind of uh, of emotion. I, and I don't get that. I honestly don't. I don't give a damn about bulletin board material or, or anything like that. If I made it very clear in the preview episode uh, about how I feel about, you know, Nagy and his tactics going into this game and, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to try our best and, you know, no one's really saying anything or being upset about what Roger said. And the only people showing any kind of real emotion 
about Aaron Rodgers and his I own you comments are guys who can't do anything about it anymore. Like Olin Krutz and Lance Briggs, uh, you know, on like the after show, Alex Brown had a problem with it too. It's like, no, you don't do that. I don't give a damn if it's true. You don't do that. Not in my house. You know, you don't say that to my fans. You don't do this in my house. I don't give a damn how riled up you are. There are consequences for things like that. And no one was talking about the consequences. No one was talking about going up there and doing, doing everything I can to make sure that he regrets the saying those words. Win, lose, or draw, he will. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We'll never do that again. Nobody said that. Not the head coach, not any of the, the players that were allowed to speak with the media or anything like that. And that was upsetting to me. Because we needed every edge that we could get. And even if it was just a psychological one, where we basically talked ourselves into the idea of going out there and being better than the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. You didn't see it happening. And so that's why it was so discouraging going in there. That's why I expected the second half to be the entire football game. But instead, we go into the ball game, and the first quarter, we're matching the Packers kind of shot for shot there. You know, as a matter of fact, we won the first quarter in more ways than one. Rodgers and company uh, couldn't do much uh, with the football. Uh, we got them to punt both times. They went three and out on the first drive. And on our offensive side, we, you know, were moving the ball well. And special teams was giving us good field position, you know, moving, uh, getting some decent returns. Uh, and things like that. I mean, as you hear in the in the knee jerk reaction, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of blown away, but I'm also kind of hesitant because we've seen this before. We saw it in the first quarter of the first game back in Week Six when when we drove the field on the opening drive and scored a touchdown, and you just had there was a different vibe out there. We sacked Rodgers on his first drive just like we did this past Sunday. You know, we sacked we sacked Rodgers. Uh, we, we forced them to give us the ball back, and then we took it right down the field, scored a touchdown like, it, like we've done it a million times before. And, you know, you heard me say it in the, in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction on week six. There's a different vibe in Soldier Field today. And then it disappeared after that. And you hear me talk about it here. I'm seeing something I wasn't expecting to see. It was good to see, but it's almost like it's not real, so I don't really want to get too excited about it <laughs> knee-jerk reaction first quarter bears and packers and it's well we're we're winning um we're we're playing well i guess you could say we're we, we we've uh, shut down aaron Rodgers and kept them scoreless in the first quarter in their first drive we sent them out three and we sent them out three and out uh including robert quinn's 13th sack uh, of the season on aaron Rodgers. Uh, our offense 
was able to take that good field position because we got a really nice return from Jakeem Grant. The first drive didn't really go anywhere. We give the ball to Green Bay. They do the three and out. Uh, Jakeem Grant, great uh, punt return, gets us inside Green Bay territory at the 44-yard line. We get it into the red zone. We even get an illegal hands-to-the-face penalty, which gives us another set of downs inside the red zone. Can't get the ball in, have to settle for a field goal, a chip shot from Cairo Santos. And then on Green Bay's second drive, another sack. I don't know if it's going to be a combo sack for Quinn and Nichols or if it's going to be another one for Quinn, but another huge sack that puts him on third and 18. So, of course, Green Bay, being the aggressive team that they are, they're going for it on third and 18. Uh, Rodgers throws one over to, I think it was Valdez Scantling, um, just over the fingertips of Artie Burns. Like, it just missed an interception. Of course, Scantling catches the ball for like a 22-yard gain first down. But the Bears were able to shut it down just uh, third and 10. They just stopped him on third and 10. So Green Bay will be punting to start the second quarter. So the Bears will get the football back. They still have the lead. It's 3-0. Only this time, since the Packers are punting from home field, or excuse me, midfield, the Bears will likely be starting deep in their own territory or at least the 20-yard line. So let's see if the offense can keep things rolling, get it in the end zone, and more importantly, Let's hope the defense can keep this up and shut Green Bay down all night long. So there is some optimism there. You know, I'm, I, you know, I, I've, I, I'm seeing what I'm seeing. I, I'm hoping that we can maintain this. A, being able to move the football. B, being able to bottle up Rodgers and company. Rodgers and Adams and Aaron Jones and, uh, you know, and all of those guys to be able to hem them up. Even when they had that big play to convert on third and 18, like I talked about. Artie Burns just just missing the interception, just over the fingertips. Uh, and it wasn't Scantling, it was Lazard. I always get them mixed up because Valdez Scantling is 83, Lazard is 13, so I always get the numbers mixed up. So it was Lazard, not, not Valdez Scantling. But, you know, there he was. He was open, and Burns just missed the interception. So it just, you know, right, right, right. I mean, I, 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 he might have even, you know, touched the ball with his fingertips as it sailed over his head. Uh, kind of thing but we come away with a three nothing lead it was extremely disappointing to once again watch our team get down to the red zone and then go full-blown incompetent and not be able to get it in I'm not sure why we weren't pounding the football with David Montgomery or doing some more of that wildcat stuff there inside the five yard line why didn't we see Alex Bars you know trot it out onto the field and go jumbo and just, you know, and try to impose our will, get the ball in the end zone with David Montgomery, who's one of the toughest running backs in the NFL to tackle on the first try. We didn't do that. We settled for a field goal instead. And ultimately it didn't matter much in the grand scheme of things. But again, just like the game in green Bay last year, we had an opportunity on the opening drive to score a touchdown. Allen Robinson drops the ball we have to settle for a field goal. We'll never know what it would have done to us mentally, emotionally, and everything like that to be able to score an early touchdown in Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football in a game where no one was giving us a snowball's chance in hell of winning this game. Week six, very, very different opinion. The Bears had won two in a row, you know, um, Back-to-back, very sharp games uh, for Justin Fields. The defense looked outstanding against the Raiders. 
you know, offense uh, in Las Vegas on the road. We'd won two in a row. And Green Bay, despite being four and one, was, you know, uh, a missed field goal in overtime and a defensive stop against San Francisco from being a two and three team. It was a very different matchup we were looking at eight weeks ago when they came to town in week six. This time, we, we've we only won one game since losing to Green Bay in week six, which was against the now 1-11-1 and and Detroit Lions. That's the only victory we can claim in the last eight weeks. And Green Bay, on the other hand, is trying to lock up the division so they can get home field advantage in the playoffs, which now they have the inside track on because Arizona lost tonight. And they hold the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. So right now, Green Bay is your number one seed in the NFC. Once again. So who knows what that would have done for us emotionally to be able to put the ball in the end zone, to imp- especially running the football, to impose our will on Green Bay that way. We'll never know because we didn't do it and we had to settle for a field goal. So take that for what you will. But then after a rather... Interesting, but very timid and quiet first quarter that ended with a 3 nothing bear lead. Then the second quarter happened, and Hall, <laughs> all hell broke loose uh, on both sides. Uh, for the Bears, for the Packers, I mean, it was just, it's bananas. And <laughs> number one, I want to apologize for the audio uh, on this. I couldn't find my um, my headset, my earbuds that had the little microphone on them. So I was just holding my phone up to my mouth, and apparently I was uh, popping into it uh, quite a bit. So if that's difficult to listen to, I apologize. But I also break down almost literally everything that happened in the quarter, so get comfy because this is about six six minutes long of me uh, just marveling over the fact of how good we looked. We were out there making plays we never make. We recovered from a mistake that would have murdered us in the past and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, it's a mouthful. So second quarter knee-jerk reaction coming right at you. <coughs> knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Packers. And somebody pinched me because we just scored 24 points in the second quarter. And they were all pretty, Then they, not all pretty legit, they were all legitimate points. I mean, our guys are out there doing what I asked them to do in the keys to the game. Throw the kitchen sink at these guys. Go out there and give an effort that shows me slash us slash everyone that you want to win this game. Show us an effort. Show us an effort that proves to us that this is not just another football game for you, that you feel like that you want to do something about what Aaron Rodgers said week six about I own you. And that's exactly what we're seeing. You know, we took a three nothing lead into the second quarter. It's 27 to 21. We'll talk about that 21 here in a second. But it's just we we come out and. You know, it, it's, it's funny because we, we in the first quarter, we, we take the ball all the way down inside the five-yard line, cannot punch it in. I mean, it's amazing how impossible we make look, how, how impossible we make scoring from the red zone look. It's amazing. And then it's also amazing how at times we make scoring from 40-plus yards deep 
looks so damn easy because on a jet screen to Jakeem Grant, he turns the corner and guys, this is about as well executed a screenplay or a sweep or whatever you want to call it as you're ever going to see because Jakeem Grant turns the corner and there are literally five or six guys out in front blocking like three, maybe four Packers at the most. So literally all Jakeem Grant needed to do was pick the right path and stay on his feet. And that's what he did. 46 yards later, we're up 10 nothing. You know, but Rodgers and company, they answer right away, take the ball right down the field, put it in the end zone. It's 10 7. Um, you know, like it seemed like they, they switched to more of a quick passing thing because our secondary in the first quarter, especially was outstanding. Jalen Johnson is having himself another great game uh, against Devontae Adams and those sacks that we got Rodgers with in the first quarter. Um, you could easily give to the secondary as much as you could to Quinn uh, and Nichols, who had a hand in both. Um, but in the second quarter, that's when they kind of switched to the more quick strike thing to kind of neutralize the pass rush. They were able to move the ball down the field. And then I hope when this game is, is over, that this moment isn't what we look back on as the reason we lost the game. And it was when we're down, we're up 10-7. We're back uh, on offense. We, we, our special teams has been outstanding tonight. The returns that we've been getting on Green Bay, we have not been backed up into our own territory at all tonight. It has been outstanding. You know, Green Bay's special teams have been awful. Ours has been just flat out amazing. But... Justin throws a pick six to Rasul Douglas. They take back for 50 yards. And just like that, inside of like 60 seconds on the game clock, we went from 10 nothing to down 14 to 10. Okay. Just crazy. Just crazy. And then we come back and uh, Demir Bird. We answer the pick six. We get the ball back down around midfield again. We uh, we uh, we hit Demir Bird, who I thought came in like uh, from the slot in a slant route. No, no, no. He was in the backfield actually. Upon replay, he did one of those running back slant routes, and just remember all that speed that we signed at the beginning of the season that we thought was supposed to help us open up this offense. Well, we're finally seeing it tonight. 40-something, 50-something yard touchdown for Demir Bird. Second huge touchdown play for the Bears. We get the Packers to give us the ball back. It looks like we're going to have lousy field position for the first time all night. Jakeem Grant, God love that guy. He's a pro bowler and all that kind of stuff. Catches the punt inside the five-yard line. Runs off to his right and then reverses field. So I immediately start to throw up in my mouth because that never ends up well, especially in these games. But instead... He goes back the other way, turns the corner, 97 yards for a touchdown, and it's 27, or excuse me, 24 uh, to 14. But of course, Aaron Rodgers had, you know, what, a minute 30 to go, was able to drive four plays in 48 seconds to put another touchdown on the board, make it 24 to 21. And Justin Fields, give the kid all the credit in the world, is going toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers tonight. 37 yards and three timeouts. He drives the Bears into field goal range. Cairo Santos hits a 44-yarder uh, from, uh, you know, 44-yarder, make it 27-21 to end a half. I mean, just a bananas second quarter. And not at all something you would have expected to see from this team with the effort that they've put out there on the field this year. So, I mean, 
I'm so proud of these guys. They are showing up tonight, and that's all any of us could have ever asked for. You know, I it's like I I didn't think we had a chance in hell of winning this game because on paper we don't. We absolutely don't. But this team is playing like it matters. This team plays like they care, whether they're doing it for Nagy, whether it's revenge for the Ion you call. Maybe it's all of the above. It doesn't matter. They are playing like Chicago Bears tonight. It's a beautiful thing to see. Let's see how the second half goes. The funny thing about how the quarter went is that as, as, as much fun as it was and as exciting as it was to watch us with those three huge plays that resulted in those touchdowns, looking back on it now, I wish we could have done it the way Green Bay did it in the second half, where they had that 14-play drive that went nine minutes and they just methodically moved the ball down the field because when we put the ball back in Green Bay's hands – They were able to move the ball down the field, put it in the end zone. I mean, they scored two touchdowns of their own and a pick six in that ball game. I mean, and and like the, 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 um, I mean, I gave Sean Desai a bear down uh, yesterday because of that two minute drill where for some reason he thought it was a good idea to play zone uh, or to, you know, play prevent or zone on that drive. Four plays, 75 yards in 48 seconds. It's 24 to 21 when we delivered what should have been a gut punch and take a 10-point lead into the half after Jakeem Grant's 97-yard punt return, longest in franchise history. That should have been an unbelievable gut punch to the Packers. Instead, we left too much time on the board, and Sean decide, decided to... Be generous with his coverages and let you know sit back in zone as opposed to leaving Jalen Johnson man on man with uh Devontae Adams, who ends up breaking free on Xavier Crawford on the wheel route, gets the touchdown to make it 24 to 21. Now, granted, we drove the field. Uh Fields had three timeouts and 37 seconds and was able to get us to the Packer 26, and we settled for that 44 yarder from Santos to make it 27-21. So we had an answer for that, but it should have never happened. Honestly, it shouldn't have happened. Sean Desai shouldn't have taken his foot off the gas, and you guys know how I feel about this. Nothing makes me crazier than watching a coach play not to lose. Instead of being aggressive and, you know, doing the, the you know, just going after Rodgers like they were before, being aggressive in the coverage, sticking with Adams and Johnson together and, all that kind of stuff. We sat back in zone and they carved us up in four plays and put a touchdown on the board. That was the beginning of the end. I really do feel like that was the turning point because the gut punch that we delivered was just erased because the Packers know they can make up a three-point deficit on us. They know they can do that. And even though we added another field goal before the end of the quarter, they know they can make up a six-point deficit on us. You know why? Because they've done it a million times before, and they came right out in the third quarter and did exactly that. But it's like looking at everything that happened. We had a 46-yard quote-unquote touchdown pass, and it was basically a long handoff on that. Just beautifully designed. Like I I said in the Bear Bear Down show, you got to give credit where credit's due. It was a beautifully designed play, beautifully executed by our guys. You know, Jakeem, I mean, it really just could not have gone any better than it did. The getting the guys out in front, you know, it was, we had, 
we won the numbers battle. There was more of us down that sideline than there were of them. And, and like I said, all Jakeem Grant needed to do was pick the right path and stay in bounds, and he's going to score. He turned on the Jets, picked the right path, he stayed in bounds, ran right into the end zone, 46 yards. Okay, we recover from the pick six, and um, then Demir Bird, 54 yards, bang, touchdown. It's like, yeah, this is pretty awesome. Not thinking at the time about, um, you know, the play to to Grant, and uh, or not Grant, to uh, Demir Bird, and, and, you know, how quickly that play happened. But it gave us the lead back, so who the hell cares? Because I was more concerned with the fact that, like, in the past, that pick six, that really would have been the moment where Green Bay was like, okay, we'll take it from here. And that's exactly what they would have done. But instead, our answer to the pick six was, A, another brilliant return. Oh, you know what? Not on that one. I'm looking at my notes now. Uh, That's where, you know, Green Bay just continued to screw up on special teams. Crosby kicked that one out of bounds. So it gave us the ball at the 40. And then third and four, so a few plays later, Fields hit Demir Bird on that slant route coming out of the backfield. And another, again, another beautifully designed play. Give credit where credit is due. Uh, even though they made zero second-half adjustments in the first half, they were pretty damn good. Uh, Nagy and Laser and their play-calling collaborations and all that nonsense. Because when, they sh- when I was watching the football after show after the game, I saw that... Uh, you know, basically the play was designed to clear out. Now, whether it was going to be Allen Robinson on a, you know, post corner uh, on the on the right-hand side or the, you know, the way they were clearing out to, to get into the flat on the left side, it was also clearing out the middle of the field for Demir Bird on that slant route or angle route or whatever they call it coming out of the backfield. And Justin Fields' throw was absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect because he didn't throw it be behind him. He threw it out in front so Demir Bird didn't have to break stride or stutter step or whatever to catch it, which would allow the defender to catch him. He caught it in stride, and he was at full speed when he caught the ball. Nobody was going to catch him. And boom, touchdown. So, you know, as great as it all was, you know, hindsight being what it is, I kind of wish we could have had some of those long, drawn-out run the ball down their throat, you know, keep keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers type drives to put those touchdowns on the board as opposed to the very fun, very exciting big plays that put points on the board in a hurry, but also gave the ball with back to Rodgers with plenty of time to do something with it. So, yeah. But the second quarter, probably the most entertaining quarter we've played all year long. We scored 24 points, which was only three points shy of the most points we've scored in a football game all season. At halftime, we'd scored as many points as we've scored in any game this year. In, a 27, in that 29-27 loss to Pittsburgh, that's the highest point total we've put on the board all year long. We had that point total by halftime. So, you know, but at the same time, like they said on the football after show with Olin Krutz and, and Briggs and, um, Alex Brown, what they did in the first half wasn't sustainable. We couldn't depend on those big plays being there in the second half to, you know, to get us through and to to, to do the quick strike, put the points on the board, 
uh, type thing. Chakeem Krant wasn't going to keep breaking off those big runs. Khalil Herbert wasn't going to keep getting those big runs because they made the adjustments across the board, offense, defense, special teams. We didn't really have another great return for the rest of the game. Um, offense was pretty much shut down uh, right away. And Green Bay, the major adjustment they made was A, they started going with the quick passing game to kind of neutralize our pass rush. And B, they started moving Devontae Adams around, putting him in motion, running him out of the slot and things like that to keep him away from Jalen Johnson. And he went from one catch for 12 yards late in the second quarter to 10 catches for 121 yards and two touchdowns was basically kind of like player of the game by the end of it because of the adjustments that they made. We didn't adjust a goddamn thing. We just kept doing what we were doing and we watched it fail in the second half miserably because we won the first half 27 to 21. We lost the second half 24 to three and that three came in garbage time at the end of the ball game. So yeah, it was rough. So Second quarter, it was fun. It was exciting. It was great watching Rodgers or Fields go toe-to-toe with Rodgers. It was great watching the mental toughness of Justin Fields recovering and, and having amnesia immediately from the pick six. Turn right around, throws a touchdown pass to Demir Bird. You know, that was amazing to watch. But, um, you know, the fact that, that Green Bay was pretty much able to counter every single thing that we did and they were only down six going into the half, had a very ominous tone to it. And as you'll hear here in the third quarter knee-jerk reaction, second half adjustments and, you know, halftime breaking the momentum of, of what we had there in the first half caused reality to set in and for the Packers to take over the matchup and the game. Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears and Packers and... Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Bears. We've scored as many points in the first half as we had in any game this year. We scored 27 points in the first half, and the best offensive output of the year was 27 points in a losing effort to the Steelers. And we just got shut out 17 to nothing in the third quarter by the Packers. I mean, it, it looked like what we... You know, what we pessimists were expecting the whole game to look like. Green Bay comes out with the opening drive in the second half, takes it right down the field for a touchdown. Very, like, first, second play from scrimmage for the Bears on offense. Their worst starting field position of the whole game. The crowd cheered when there was a touchback because that meant the Bears couldn't return it and the Packers couldn't screw it up or whatever. Um uh, Fields gets stripped from behind. Ball comes out. Packers recover at our 23-yard line. One play later, a throw uh, to Aaron Jones for a touchdown. And just like that, we went from 27-21 to now it's 35-27 in favor of the Packers. And um, whatever mojo we had in the second quarter is – or was gone for the third quarter. We still have a whole quarter left of football to play. We're only down 11 points. I mean, I know for this offense and what they're typically used to doing, you know, we've probably peaked for the night. But 
as crazy as this game was in the first half, if we can get any of, if we can get another second quarter going, who knows what the hell could happen here in the fourth quarter. But, um, you know, it's 38-27. We start the quarter with the ball. Green Bay just punted it uh, to us. So we'll see if Justin Fields, who was going toe-to-toe with Rodgers in the first half, can put something together here in the fourth quarter to either close the gap or, God forbid, help us pull off the upset. (laughs) This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. Wilder versus Fury, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, electric personalities that produce big fights and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley run it back, and it will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with my bookie. My bookie has the best odds and prop bets for Paul Woodley too, and you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars using promo code SportsDrink. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Paul Woodley too at my bookie. As much as we'd love to see Jake Paul eat canvas, he's looked strong in previous matchups, and with Woodley taking this fight on short notice, all the odds are in Paul's favor. Back to problem child to win this rematch, as he's sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out, and don't don't bet on Paul. That, I, I really do hope that Woodley just turns loose and knocks the piss out of that guy. But don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to my bookie today, place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul versus Woodley 2. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, Spotify Green Room is free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with me at Club 34-7 and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast. I'll be hosting rooms every week. Uh, for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in, let's have a conversation, let's talk bears, let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. <laughs> the fortunes just turned so fast in that, uh, in that third quarter. You know, the Green Bay gets the football to start the second half. Nine plays, 75 yards, two-yard run from, from Aaron Jones. They're up by one, 28-27. And then... <laughs> We we get the, to the twenty five yard line. The crowd cheers because we didn't, you know, the Packers didn't allow another crazy return that puts the ball basically in midfield uh, for us. And what was it? 
first play, second play from scrimmage for offense, strip sack. One play after that, Green Bay's back in the end zone. So just kind of like it was 10 nothing, and then before you blink an eye, it's 14 to 10. We started 27 21, and within a blink of an eye, we're down 35 to 27. And this time, we didn't have anything left in the bag for for this to be able to 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 answer it a second time unfortunately was not in the cards so once green bay jumped out ahead 35 to 27 that was it unfortunately that was it and um <laughs> you know it's it, the, the field position i mean everything flipped it went from you know green bay's getting all the making all the plays now our luck has apparently run out. We lost the mojo that we had going into uh, halftime. Uh, Green Bay, you know, scores those bang-bang plays. And, you know, then they have a great field position after we punt. We're starting deep in our own territory. Like Khalil Herbert returned the kick after the 35-27 score. He returned it out to the 24. But there was a holding penalty behind him. Half the distance to the goal, we're starting at the 8 yard line so when that drive goes nowhere we're punting and now green bay is starting in chicago territory at the 48 yard line and you know it just got easier for green bay from there they scored 17 points in the third quarter to pretty much just take the game away 38 27 boom we just yeah so it was um yeah and, and then like i said after after they scored the 38 uh, Herbert fumbles on the kick return. Komet recovers. We're starting at the 13-yard line now. So, I mean, you know, the, the, it was a polar opposite as far as field position and the luck and who's got momentum. And it's like we lost it all, and we just didn't know how to get it back. We didn't know how to get it back, and that actually comes down to our coach once again. So it was frustrating. And unfortunately, <laughs> at the end of the game, uh, I didn't record a fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. I was um, sitting there, uh, like putting my bear up, bear down list as the clock was uh, winding down. And then when the game ended, I had to go to the bathroom. When I came back, I was finishing my notes for for this for this episode and writing. You know who else was left on the bear up, bear down list? And I was watching the football after show. And then before I knew it, it was. I was too tired to do bear up, bear down, so I went to bed. So I never recorded the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. So I apologize for that. But it would just been more the same of what I was saying in the third quarter. You know, the fourth quarter was more of the same. Um, it just was more of the luck not being ours anymore because Green Bay's, I think it was Amari Rogers muffs a punt in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kendall Vildor recovers it. Where I think we were in like inside the twenty. Or something like that. But, no, 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 it wasn't Kendall Vildor. I believe it was Herbert, actually. Or Damian Williams, I think it was. I think it was Damian Williams, actually, who recovered the um, the muff punt. Because it was, um, it was Herbert who recovered the onside later on. We'll talk about that here in a second. But we, because Kendall Vildor, who was a gunner on the play, purposely runs out of bounds and takes too long to get back in, and that's a flag. And because of that flag, it nullified 
the muff. It nullifies the turnover. The Bears had to kick it again. And this time, Green Bay drove the ball down the field. And this was that killer drive. 13 plays, 71 yards, 8 minutes, 38 seconds, 3-yard touchdown catch from Devontae Adams, who was one-on-one with Jalen Johnson. So we got the matchup we wanted. And Adams, who's going to win a battle every now and then, just like Megatron used to win a battle on Peanut from time to time. Scores on a three-yard touchdown run that made it 45-27. to 27, And that was it. So, because we answered by driving the ball down the field and, and getting to the Green Bay 25 and settling for the field goal. And we recovered the onside kick. But, you know, and, and Herbert recovered it in a way that he just, just runs down the sideline. It's a touchdown, but apparently that's, you can't advance those kicks, which sucks. Uh, and then, you know, so it's 45 to 30. It's late in the game, less than two minutes to go, I believe. And then once again, Darno Mooney, ball goes off his fingertips, tipped into the hands of a defender. And what little hope we had in that moment was killed forever. So 45 to 30, Green Bay wins. Bears fall to four and nine, and we are officially a losing football team. For the first time in the Matt Nagy era, we have a losing record in the regular season. So why does he still have a job? You know, why? Somebody explain that to me. I I just don't understand what we're hanging on to him for. Because the first half wasn't so great that it nullified the nightmare that was the second half, where his incompetent, his competence and the lack of adjustments uh, and all that kind of stuff. I saw a tweet from Lance Briggs, uh, you know, that um, during the game that said, I'm, I'm glad to see that the second half adjustments, you know, are, are cultivating their way through the ball game uh, in the third quarter. Being sarcastic, of course, as to say that we're doing the same stuff and expecting different results out there. Meanwhile, Green Bay did make adjustments to neutralize our pass rush, to get um, um, Devontae Adams out into the open, to get him free of Jalen Johnson so he could take over the football game, and he did. So, yeah. And this is to speak nothing of the fact that for how many weeks in a row, once again, we kept leaving our tackles on an island against one of the stronger pass rushes in the NFL. With a rookie tackle playing his first snaps of the year, at the left tackle position. Now, I know Tevin Jenkins is and will be our left tackle of the future, but um, having missed all of training camp and all of the season up to this point, and they don't exactly practice football in practice anymore. So stepping onto the field after Jason Peters got rolled up on in the first quarter, it's the first live action he's had in a bare uniform for pretty much anything. And it's the first live action football he's had since he opted out of his senior season at Oklahoma state. So been a while since the kid was out there and apparently we had no plan B to help him. And on the rare occasion that we did help him, I saw they show, and maybe it was coincidental, but the, the effort that I saw Jimmy Graham and David Montgomery of all people, give on chip blocks and everything were pathetic actually pretty sad uh you know jimmy graham just threw out an elbow and barely touched uh i believe it was preston smith 
and um, whichever one of the Smith brothers it was. And um, David Montgomery just missed altogether, um, leaving Tevin Jenkins on an island. We were doing the same thing to Larry Borum on the other side, but Larry Borum's, you know, been playing football for the most of this season, and he's starting for the last, what, five games now or whatever it's been? Performing very, very well, by the way. And I know that these are going to be our starting right and left tackle next year. And I'm fine with that. But once again, we did nothing to help our, A, to help our tackles, and B, to help these rookies who don't have the experience that the guys they're playing across from do. And also, you know, by not protecting them, we're not protecting our prize first round future of the franchise quarterback who's playing on busted ribs who said he felt his ribs with every throw he made in this football game. He just gutted his way through it. He was good enough to go, so he did, because he wants to be out there. God bless him. Because he's a competitor. He's a football player. He's a leader. He wanted to be out there with his guys. This is an important game for us, and he knew that. So he wanted to be out there, and he was. And he had his rookie moments, as did Tevin Jenkins. So I'm not hating on Tevin Jenkins for the game that he had. Did he play well? Not really. Not really. So, but he was literally thrown to the wolves and his, his coaches did nothing to help him. Nothing whatsoever. I mean, he, we, we, we don't need to give him training wheels. You don't need to hold his hand, but you got to protect the guy. I mean, never, like I said, never mind that he's a rookie. Let's talk about how much football he's actually played in the last 12 to 13 months or however long it's been since he opted out. Uh, mid-season against, uh, you know, in Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. It's been a long time. And he's going up against one of the better pass rushers in the league by himself. And you're going to be sit there and, you know, and be surprised when it didn't work out. So, you know, Tevin Jenkins did not have a good night. Um, too many penalties, false starts. He had some holding penalties and things like that. Rookies are going to do rookie things. And, you know, if he plays on Monday night against uh, Minnesota, I hope we do a better job helping him out. Um, I hope that the week of practice with the first team and on all those reps will be useful to him, hope, and, you know, as useful as you would hope they'd be uh, and everything. And I hope he plays better uh, against the, the Vikings to see some improvement, kind of like, you know, Justin Fields was kind of shaky in that first game against Cincinnati or even more so because of the whole leaving our tackles on an island thing against the other best passing rush duo in the league with Clay, with uh, you know Clowney and uh, what's his name Miles Garrett, but you know, but then he bounces back. He shows that it didn't mentally destroy him like it would some rookies getting sacked nine times and getting hit a hundred other times in the process. Has a great game against Detroit and then doubles down with the great game against the Raiders. And didn't play badly against the Packers the week after that. I mean, it's he was showing progress all the way through the Monday night game against Pittsburgh. And then Baltimore, he was kind of expected to struggle just because the defensive coordinator for Baltimore seems to specialize in terrorizing rookie quarterbacks. And that's the game he gets hurt. So, And now he comes back and... You know, he's not 100%, and he's playing against another really good football team, so he struggled a little bit. Had a rookie moment, but he also made some great throws and did some great things last night. So, 
Yeah. We'll see. We just we we really do have to get the right coach. Speaking of which, just fire Nagy. Just get it over with. We know it's we we all know. Even he knows. He's done. There's nothing that can happen. Even with as uh, even with how muddy the waters are in the NFC right now, where a six and seven team is the seventh seed right now. We're two games behind them. They're six and seven. We're four and nine. We're done. So even if we went out and go, we're eight and nine, we're a losing football team. We don't deserve to make the playoffs. And what would we do even if we did? At the number seven seed, we're playing the two seed. And at this moment, we'd be going to Arizona to play the Cardinals. No, thank you. No, thanks. Where they'd be full strength in perfect conditions where we don't have cold, rainy, sleety weather to neutralize their offense. They'll be playing in perfect conditions and they carve us to pieces. So I'm not interested in that at all. Or God forbid, if Arizona retakes the top, the top seed in the NFC, we're going to Lambeau to play the Packers again. No. <laughs> or maybe we'd be going back to Tampa to play the Buccaneers where we lost 38-3 to earlier this year. Do any one of those matchups sound like fun for you in second week in January? Not me. No, thank you. I'll take my off season and, you know, I'll take that higher draft pick in the second round because we don't have a first rounder thanks to the Justin Fields trade. So anyway, let's, uh, that's going to do it guys. I think, uh, I think I've said all I want to say uh, about this one. Um, like I said, very bittersweet, uh, this game for as fun and as exciting as it was, you kind of just had this thought in the back of your mind, like if the second half doesn't go well, the first half is going to be the reason why Nagy still has a job on Monday morning. So at, after the fact, you were kind of hoping, you know, you're kind of like, man, I kind of wish the whole game went like the second half did, just so there'd be no question that Nagy has been outclassed, outcoached, that he's out of his league going up against the Packers and that we, we don't need him anymore and just let him go to start moving on so we can start interviewing candidates and all the rest of the stuff. It's got to happen. So maybe they'll do it. If we embarrass ourselves on Monday against the uh, Vikings, a girl can dream. So anyway, guys, that is going to do it for bears Packers. That is going to do it for the week 14 deep dive review. Come back on Thursday when our good friend, Chris Gates from the daily Norseman will join us once again, to or actually for the first time this year this is our first game against minnesota but uh for the first time but he'll be back again from when we spoke to him in the summer during the opponent preview series to preview this week 15 matchup between the bears and the vikings which will unfortunately be on national television and the manning cast is (laughs) is giving us the middle finger once again they're not coming back to week 17 this sucks man you know, I, I mean, I love Lewis Riddick. I'm not really a big fan of the broadcast team in, on Monday Night Football. I would really like to watch the Bear game with the with the Manning cast and see what what Bear centric or Viking centric guests they would bring onto the show to talk to during the quarters and stuff like that. But I guess we'll have to wait till next year. They did sign a three year deal, so they'll be back at it next year. And whatever you know, bogus matchup we get on Monday Night Football next year, maybe the Mannings will grace us with their presence then. So. Who knows? But um, anyway, come back on Thursday so Chris and I can preview the Bears-Vikings for week number 15. And until then, 
My name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.